modern science is an amazing thing. I can tap on my phone and I can send a message to almost anywhere on the planet. And if I have a headache, I can take a pill. And if I have a crappy diet, I can take another pill. But in the world of nutrition, it's not so simple. And here we see the collision of people's anxiety about diet with science and business. And this year we will spend globally $100 billion on vitamins and supplements. And Dr. Derek Muller is the presenter of Vitamania, which explores these issues. And now I'm talking via the wonders of modern technology with Dr. Muller, who's now in Sydney. Hello, Derek. Hello, Rod. Now, Derek, why why were you eating rancid fish? <laughs> yeah, well, in Norway, uh, this is the traditional medicine that's been around for some thousand years perhaps uh, where you would take out the livers of the cod and stick them in a barrel and let them decompose and, and uh, drink the oil off the top. So that was really where vitamins began I guess uh, in this you know that's where they were found was in this oil vitamins A and D these fat soluble vitamins that are essential for a healthy body. What did it taste like? It was interesting, a little fishy, very oily. I guess the most disturbing thing about it is that it coats the mouth, and then your mouth just has a very strange oil texture all over it. Uh, my dad recommended that I bring along a lemon to sort of cut that oil, um, but I, I forgot. So there I was with a mouth full of, full of oil. Maybe, maybe better if you don't know what you're actually eating. Now, what inspired you to make this documentary, Vitamania? Yeah, I, I made this documentary with Sonia Pemberton, who I've worked with in the past on our documentary, Uranium. And, and she had this concept to do a big history, sort of a, a really big picture look at vitamins. This idea of a vitamin dates back about 100 years to when we first started to suspect that there were essential things in our diet besides, you know, fats, proteins, carbohydrates, without which we might get sick. And that was a pretty revolutionary idea because before that, illness was really, we thought, caused by viruses, germs, bacteria, that sort of thing. So, so pretty transformative understanding to realize that there were these extra molecules in food that, that we really needed to be healthy. So, so Sonia pitched this idea to me and I thought it sounded great. And one thing that it sort of goes to the heart of, I think for, for Sonia and I, is this idea of how do we really figure out what's true? How do we decide what's best to do uh, you know, for ourselves and for our kids? And uh, vitamins offer a great opportunity to look at that because it is an area where one billion people globally are, are taking one of these things regularly. And it's worth asking the question, is that the right thing to do? What does the science say? So it really is science meets our anxiety about nutrition. There's endlessly confusing information that people get about what's good to eat, what we should eat, more of this, less of that. Does it, is, that is that what you found? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the science is contested in a lot of ways, that this is uh, still a field of, of active research. For example, in Australia currently, there's a massive study on vitamin D going on right now of something like 25,000 people, a randomized control study that'll last 
last five years where half of them are getting uh, vitamin D and half of them are getting a placebo. And it really the question is, can we see a difference between the vitamin D supplemented group and the non-supplemented group? And that study is not complete yet. So you really can't say at the moment that adding vitamin D to your diet or you know adding a supplement to your life will definitely help or hurt. In cases where people are known to be vitamin D deficient, then having a supplement is incredibly useful. But just for the average punter, you know, is it a good idea? The science is not in yet. So there is still that controversy out there. Do we also see the collision with business because there's a huge amount of money, a hundred billion dollars you're saying. Yeah. How, how do we navigate that? How do people handle the complexity of all this conflicting information uh, with all the big business marketing that directed us saying we should eat more of these supplements? Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the most concerning things from my perspective. When I started seeing things like vitamin water and vitamin gum coming out, that's when I started thinking, you know, the world's gone mad. Um, <laughs> you know, if you could, if you could get normal water or you could get vitamin water I mean what question is there of course you take the vitamin water but it I think it gets a bit silly where I feel like the word vitamin has a bit of a halo around it so anything it touches just becomes you know I was joking around with the sound guy while we were making this doco about we would launch our own brand of of chocolate called Vita Choc and our tagline would be chock full of vitamins and it's funny but it would sell like hotcakes uh, because people would just they would love eating something that's a little unhealthy but at the same time has this veneer of well it's going to do something good for you because it's got it's got some uh, you know vitamin b9 in it why not so yeah I, I think in a lot of ways vitamins are used as a marketing tool and they're used as a way to make people feel a little bit better about the choices that they're making <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, do, does the industry trade on the sense of guilt that we have? I'm going to have a chocolate eclair, sure. yeah. and and if I if I pop some multivitamin pills, it's kind of uh, anti-calories. Yeah, balanced out. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think I think the industry sort of takes advantage of a few things. Number one, who doesn't feel tired in, in, in this world? I mean, we've all got busy schedules, we've got a lot of things going on. We got kids. You know, everyone feels a little bit tired and run down from time to time. So. Wouldn't have been great if there was something that gave me that extra bit that I needed. I think uh, vitamins play into that. They also play into the idea that, well, I can eat my chicken and chips and uh, then I can take my multivite and I'll be perfect. And really what the science has shown us, particularly more recently, is that there just is so much in food besides the essential nutrients and besides these vitamins. In a humble apple, like a thousand different phytochemicals. So if you don't eat the full food itself, you really are missing out. And I think that's the lesson at the end of the day, that rather than thinking about what pill should I be taking, you should be thinking about what food can I eat that will really help me have a rich and varied diet. Well, science is complicated, and we are going to package this program into a pill with a simple glass of water and a quick swallow. You can have it all in one go. Is yeah, there, that sounds like a marketing. That sounds like a marketing pitch from the 1960s. Well, you know, like I, can, I can almost hear, almost hear it in that sort of marketing man voice from like the 50s and 60s. And I feel like that was the utopia. Uh, just a brief aside, if I could. I mean, I went to NASA and I saw what they were sending to the astronauts back in like the 60s, the earliest days. And something they showed me was 
these cubed peanuts, um, essentially peanuts that had been broken up and then reconstituted into cube form and then packaged in these plastic packages. And then they showed me what they're, they're sending up to space today. And it, it was, uh, you know, these, these cashews, just regular old cashews, just zipped up into a package. And I thought, yeah, this, is, this shows the contrast and sort of where we've come to and where we're going. In the past, we thought the bold future was cubed food and pilled nutrition. And now we think it's just food. Just send the food, you know? And, and that, I think, is the most sort of visual, dramatic demonstration of how far we've come. The, the future was bold, utopian. It was different. You're not going to eat a, a peanut. No, you're going to eat a peanut cube because I don't know why, because it takes up less space or something, theoretically, but not really. I mean, just send the freaking nuts. Um, so that, that's where we've got to. Uh, so even uh, NASA's not immune to this stuff. I remember, I'm pretty sure it was the Jetsons and the family sits down to a meal and there's a plate and on, on each dish is a pill. <laughs> yeah, it's that sort of idea, isn't it? Yeah. You can just really reduce everything. Now, I mean, that's, that's the essence of, of science in its sort of worst reductionist form is that we can figure out exactly what we need from our food and we can give you only that. And what we're finding is I think that challenge is, is not a doable one. There's so much more in food. There's so much more mystery there. And to think that we'd lock it up with 13 vitamins, I mean, no, forget it. There's a lot more going on. Could I survive entirely on pills? What would happen? Well, in some ways that experiment is happening with a, a product I think in the U.S. called Soylent, where essentially it's just meant to be a, a meal replacement that has everything you need. And then you can just eat that and only that. And I think it's some sort of mush, really, is what it is. So I guess in theory, you know, a completely synthetic diet is kind of possible, but is it fulfilling? Is it, is it good for you? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there's strong scientific evidence for that. Well, would you enjoy it? <laughs> exactly. Because would it, you enjoy it? Would you feel better? Would you, I don't know. You might be able to survive, but... Because eating a, a good meal is a blend of so many. It's social, it's the That's texture, right. the aroma, the sight, and so on. Is there a difference between a synthetic and a natural vitamin? Yes and no. That most of the vitamins that are in our pills today are synthetic in that they, they don't come from some vegetable source or a fruit source. They are created in a factory just as you would a medicine. So they're the product of chemistry. Now, if that chemistry is done properly, then the molecule that you're eating that was made in the factory is identical to the one that would be in the fruit or vegetable. So in theory, uh, it's all the same. I guess one of the big differences, if you take it in pill form, you get that and only that. Uh, you know, you get whatever chalk or, or sort of bulk material is, is in the pill, but you don't get all the fiber and the other phytochemicals and the other nutrition that is in something like a real fruit or vegetable. So you are kind of lessening the, the effect and maybe the, the bioavailability of those vitamins. Is that because you need one vitamin to help process another, or maybe not just a vitamin, but there's other components yeah, other in the chemicals. food? Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's kind of the idea in science that you want to isolate each molecule and test it independently. But more and more what we're finding is that there are interactions between those molecules, and so you really can't test one and only one. Like, 
how does this one work in the matrix of all the other chemicals that exist in these foods? And that way, I think definitely eating the, the real food is, is the best, uh, best medicine, as it were. And more, more fun. Now, as an Australian, you will know the story about uh, Douglas Mawson, who, with, yeah. his, with his team, were starving in the Antarctic. What happened? Well, they had their sled dogs with them, so as a last resort, they reluctantly uh, ate the dogs. And the problem really came with eating the dogs' livers, where there is a lot of vitamin A stored, and eating too much vitamin A is toxic and it, and it can kill you and in fact it kills one of them so yeah so does that that taps into the notion that if a little bit of something if is good it's good yeah then a lot should be even better should be I really think that's good a typical way of looking at vitamins and it's clearly incorrect and that, that story hits at home now, I remember as a child, my dad saying to me when I was getting a bit of a runny nose, I was looking a bit paley, and he would say, take lots of vitamin C. Now, in later life, I realized that was Dr. Linus Pauling, who in fact had two, not one, but two Nobel Prizes, and he was a proponent of massive doses of vitamin C to stave off colds and even cancer. Was there any, any truth in that? Yeah, so I'd say 15 randomized control studies have shown very little effect of vitamin C on the common cold. Uh, you also have clinical trials happening in the U.S. right now, some looking at can cancer treatment uh, be improved, can chemotherapy be improved by the addition of high-dose intravenous vitamin C. Uh, so far, the jury is out, um, though I think based on the other studies, it's not very hopeful or it's not very likely. I mean, let, let, let's wait and see what happens when the results come in, but certainly not something that science supports. Meanwhile, there's probably about 10,000 people in the U.S. who are, uh, without necessary medical supervision, uh, injecting themselves with high doses of vitamin C in the hopes that it will cure their cancer. Um, again, I think very unlikely that this will be effective. So, well. It's very concerning for me when I see that sort of non-scientific approach being applied in ways that are sort of reckless and, and potentially damaging to people's health. Yes, we're talking about yeah. scientific literacy here and as proponents of science, that concerns us both. Have, did you witness much of that in the making of Vitamania? Sort of lack of science literacy? Yes. Did you did you notice that people seem to be swayed by things that aren't based on evidence? Well, you know, this takes us kind of to the the concept of regulation and how globally the regula regulation is typically lax in this industry. And that, for example, in the U.S., you're allowed to say it promotes or, or it enhances or as long as the word is sort of vague enough to not be a major claim, like it definitely cures X, but as long as it say, you know, promotes bone health or enhances mood or sleep or whatever you want to you say, then they're allowed to do that. And I think to the average consumer, that implies that there is some evidence behind it. But the reality is there isn't scientific evidence to back it up, but they're still making these claims. So I don't know who you blame. Do you say that the consumer is too gullible or do you say that the regulator has not done their job and ensured that the packaging is sort of reasonable and make, makes fair claims that consumers 
I, I guess I would put more fault at the at the feet of the regulator to say they've got to step in and, and if things don't actually uh, achieve a certain end, they shouldn't be able to claim that they do. Mm. Is there any regulation at all in Australia or the US or anywhere on supplements? So, yes and no. There is a, a limited amount of regulation in Australia. Manufacturers are meant to be testing all of their raw ingredients. Um, that's not to say that they necessarily do. In the US, materials don't need to be proven safe or effective before they're put in a pill. So there can be some dangers there, and every year thousands of people do go to hospital after taking some of these supplements and they don't contain what they say they contain or they contain other things uh, which are potentially damaging to people's health. So um, it is a concern. There, there are bad products out there in the market, and, uh, and it's not tightly regulated. So apart from eating uh, rancid fish extract, what was the highlight in Vitamania for you? Wow, the highlight in Vitamania, I mean, dog sledding across Svalbard was amazing. Going into the sea vault was a huge highlight. I mean, those are the ultimate vitamin pills, right? Buried deep in the mountain, uh, millions of different species of plants that really can grow to produce all the vitamins we could ever need. So, so that was a fantastic experience. Also, going to NASA and eating the NASA food was phenomenal. Get to, getting to eat what an astronaut would eat. You think about the ultimate human journey. Imagine a five-year trip to Mars, and all you have to eat is the food that you bring with you. So that truly is, you know, the next frontier, and we're only going to be able to conquer it if we eat the right things. Uh, is there a takeaway message from this? So it's a complicated field for the listener, for the general public, for all of us, even those who are fairly scientifically oriented. How do we navigate such a complicated thing? Yeah. And the way we kind of wrap it up in the film is, so the way we wrap it up is to say, maybe the best thing to do is, is treat vitamins as if they're medicine. So if you are going to take them, at least take them seriously. And that really goes to this idea that we need to think of vitamins as powerful substances because they are. Ideally, you get them from your food. And if you don't, if that's not happening, then treat them like, like a medicine that you take to, uh, to supplement a particular condition uh, that needs to be treated. Well, th this is personal for me because uh, I'm a vegetarian and my advice is that people who don't eat meat are prone to being short of vitamin B12, so I take a B12 supplement every day. Do you yeah. have any... Precisely. Now, is, yeah, is that, that's, that's exactly a good thing? It. That's exactly it. For people who know that they have a particular uh, risk of deficiency or that they do have a deficiency, the vitamins are powerful substances. Make sure that you get enough. For people who have know that they're getting everything they need from their diet, then that's all you need to do. So, yeah, I think definitely consider it on that case-by-case -case basis and make sure that you're getting everything that you need. What would happen if I took too much of it? That is a good question. Um, and I don't know the, the answer to that. Everything is toxic in high enough amounts, but, like, assuming you're not going crazy over the RDA, then you'd be fine. Well, for most things, you just piss them anyway, I think, if you for, have for, too much. For the, for the bees and the seas, yeah, anything that's water-soluble, you'd be good. For a vitamin D overdose, as one mother in the film overdosed her, her daughter on vitamin D, and 
nearly caused kidney failure and, and she was in the hospital for 10 days uh, to really stabilize her vitamin D levels and she was losing weight and was at real risk of, of serious uh, health effects. And her, her vitamin D levels were elevated for 18 months because, of course, fat-soluble, stored in the fat, and very toxic. So, yeah, that, there are risks for sure if it's a, if it's a fat-soluble vitamin, less so if it's, a, so if it's water-soluble. Okay. Has making Vitamania changed your eating habits? Yeah, I would say. It's funny because, like, I thought that I was making a film about, about pills, and then it wasn't. I was making a film about food, which seems obvious now, but it didn't seem obvious at the start. And so, yeah, more than change the supplements that I'm taking, which is still none, changed my dietary choices, what I'll be attracted to on a menu. Just sort of think about diversifying the things that I eat. Uh, it's a great pleasure talking to you, Derek. Thank you very much, and uh, enjoy your afternoon tea, whatever that is. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, you too. I've got yep. notes here. Vitamania will be screened 30th of July in Perth, 2nd of August in Sydney, 3rd of August in Melbourne, and it's going to be televised Sunday 8.30pm on the 12th of August on SBS television. You can get it SBS On Demand. Visit the website www.vitamaniathemovie.com.